The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you this morning on, uh, or this afternoon, should I say, on Saturday, January 30th, the year 2021. And we've got a packed, packed program today for you. We've got four guests, so let me tell you who they are, and then we're going to jump right into the first one. Uh, Our guests are Sheriff Arvin West uh, from Hudspeth County in uh, far west Texas. He's going to talk about... um, the uh, issues that he's facing as a sheriff there in his own uh, backyard in his county. We've got D.A. King from uh, Georgia, who's going to be talking to us about um, sheriffs that are refusing to do their job in Georgia, if you can imagine. We've got uh, my good buddy Tom Homan, former uh, director of Immigration and Customs Enforcement. He's going to be chatting a little bit about uh, what he is seeing from his perspective regarding all of these changes with immigration with the Biden administration. And then finally, we've got Chris Hayek from the um, Immigration Reform Law Institute in Washington, D.C. He's going to be chatting with us about some court cases. So my friends, welcome to the show. Thank you for being with us. Our program is sponsored by BorderHawk.News. I hope that you will go and support them, which in turn supports me and uh, the um, El Conservador program. Thank you very much for joining us today. Stay tuned. We've got our first guest coming right up, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, brought to you by uh, Border Hawk News. And uh, we've got uh, a new guest with us, a very good one, uh, Sheriff Arvin West from Hudspeth County, uh, Texas, which is just west of San Antonio. And they are between us and El Paso, closer to El Paso. They are a border community uh, or county. Uh, Hudspeth County is, and uh, Sheriff West is um, out there trying to keep the peace, and uh, I wanted to reach out to him because, my friends, we've got a terrible situation, uh, at least here in, in Texas, and it's gonna and it's gonna spread all over the, the country. We've got a situation, my my friends, where we've got um, one caravan already on its way with about ten thousand people in it, uh, clamoring to to get into the United States one way or another, as they say. And uh, a second caravan organizing. We've got also the situation where the Biden Biden administration, and this we found out because of a leaked memo, but the Biden administration a couple of days ago actually started releasing detainees that uh, immigration had, some of them with criminal records, just releasing them uh, because, well, because they're they're migrants, as they put it. The the second thing that's happening is uh, that uh, many sheriffs, Democrat elected sheriffs, uh, like in Georgia, like in, um, in North Carolina, have announced that uh, they're following the party line rather than the Constitution, and they have decided that they're not going to cooperate with uh, immigration anymore on, their, on, their two, on what they call the 287G program. So, you know, we're looking at, my friends, at a, at a, at a dire situation when it comes to public safety. So I wanted to reach out to a uh, sheriff who is on the front lines, literally. I mean, his county is a border county, and uh, find out what uh, you know what he's thinking, what he's looking at, uh, how how is uh, the the border looking at this point from his vantage point. Sheriff uh, West, thank you very much for for joining us. Tell me, well, George, thank you for having me on. First and foremost, it, it's an honor. Thank you very much. Uh, what uh, what what are you looking at as far as the uh, the situation in in uh, Hudspeth County right now? Well, you know, it's uh, setting politics aside, but the game the game that that we're playing today was started probably back latter part of October. So these people knew uh, something that we didn't know. That they, and in my opinion, they knew what the election was going to turn out to be uh, prior to us even voting. I think. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> that aside. We picked up our traffic. Trafficking has picked up uh, probably ten, fifteen fold, and in, in our part of the woods. And, and understand that I live. I've got ninety eight miles of border, 
and it's in an arid desert land. Um, we picked up just on the dead body side, probably twelve. I think we closed out the year this year with with twelve uh, illegal immigrants that, that, we, that we picked up that were dead. Wow! Out, out, out in the desert, but um, <clears throat> well, we used to you know we catch three or four or five you know uh, groups, six maybe at the most. We're picking up fifty to seventy, eighty groups at a time. No kidding! Wow! Wow! It, it's uh, uh, we've been in we've been more and more high speed chases, uh, more and more pickups with fifteen, twenty people in a pickup. You know, uh, uh, cars just stacked. We had a motorhome here recently that had thirty uh, something in it. So it's it's just it's just getting crazy. Now, now when you know, I've heard uh, statistics that at least for every one group or one person, one immigrant that gets picked up, um, two or three have gotten through. So if that's the case, then, you know, that, that's a big number of people that are that are getting through at this point. Well, you know, George, I've been the sheriff for, I'm on my 21st year, right here in this county. And, uh, and I think I speak for all the sheriffs along the border. We're at the point, we're ready to just throw our hands up, you know, just, uh, let them go into Dallas, into New York, or hell, let them go to San Antonio if they want to, because it does us no good. We are spinning our wheels uh, trying to stop this, and, you know, for every one we catch, there's five or six getting away from us. I mean, this is like the old Cheech and Chong movie, you know. Mm-hmm. You ever saw that? Yeah, right. You know, uh, it, 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 it helps, and, and, and like I said, the, the leaving, leaving the politics aside, when Trump was in office, uh, it stopped. It stopped quite a bit. You know, when he talked about building the fence and stuff like that, and he didn't get nothing done in our county, but uh, just the fact that he was going to start enforcing the laws uh, helped quite a bit. I mean, it slowed down, but there again, once again, uh, he was. it looked like he was going to be out of offices when they started coming in droves. Well, and, and, and you know, and again, we've got uh, another, another aspect of it or another uh, factor that uh, is playing into this now. Is that uh, or are two more factors? One that um, that uh, Biden is claiming that he's going to to uh, terminate the building of the wall, uh, and then secondly, is that the remain in in Mexico policy is over, so people are going to be crossing and wanting to get caught in many cases, so that they can declare uh, uh, asylum and then be released. So that might not help uh, the situation. Uh, what about no, and the, yeah? And these people are going to end up in inner cities. They're going to end up on our welfare programs. Or, you know, and I'm not saying they're all bad people coming across. Hell, my abuelito came across as a mojo. Yeah. In, in in 1912, you know, they're not all bad people coming across here. But I can't put a check mark on the good people and say they're okay to go. Yeah. You know, uh, we just can't do that. We don't know what's coming across here, and it's not the Mexicanos that are coming across largely. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, my, my uh, abuelitos, my, my grandparents were, were in Laredo. And, uh, you know, I remember we, they used to talk about the, the mojados coming across. But, they, you know, it was five, six people that would come across, work, and then head back. And, uh, you know, these Central Americans, they have no sense of going back. Uh, well, there's no, there's no such thing as respect with these guys. They're not coming to work. Yeah, right. They're coming to get what they can get, steal what they can steal. And, and don't even want to go back because they know we're going to take care of them as taxpayers. Yep. Now, two things that I, that I, I, I have been observing just from uh, from the, the newscasts. First of all, I don't see very many people wearing face masks <laughs> with this group coming across. Um, secondly, uh, I remember uh, recently down here in Del Rio, uh, there was a group of, uh, of folks from uh, sub-Sahara Africa, from Uganda and from South, South who um, were coming from what they call Ebola hot areas. Uh, have, have your deputies or anyone that you know of encountered any kind of uh, illnesses because uh, they come in contact with these folks? I've got 17 deputies and I had six. So right now I've got four still out on the COVID. Uh, I've had as many as six at one time out. Wow. Wow. And most of these were contracted by picking up illegals. Yep, 
Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you know, you don't, you need a hazmat suit, I guess, in some cases to pick up uh, to pick up some of these folks because you don't know what what they're carrying. So not only do we not have a background check on them, we don't know what they're carrying. But then, and then to top it off, because we're a rural county, we're on the bottom of the list for the if you want the antidote for it, you know the yeah. Uh, okay, so tell me about that because I mean. Um, you're in a very, very rural area. I mean, how how many square miles do you have for, for your county? I've got right at 5,000 square miles. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so uh, if something is happening, you know, to a citizen, a citizen being assaulted at one end of the county, and you're busy dealing with uh, uh, illegals at another end of the county, how long would it take you to get to, get, uh, to, to the citizen? Depending on where they're at. But on the average, you know, a quick response is 30 minutes. There, There is places it takes us an hour, hour and a half to get. Wow. Yeah, still. But, but we are also, and I encourage my, my residents, because I know most of the residents in the county, but I encourage my residents to carry a gun, especially the ranchers, and I don't have to tell them they do it. But we are a Second Amendment sanctuary county, so uh, in reality, they, they can take care of themselves until we get there. Wow. Well, we've got uh, we've got about a minute to go. What would you tell us? What is your counseling? I mean, you as a sheriff on the front lines, what is your counseling? And if you could sit Biden down, if you could sit all of these uh, federal officials down, what would you counsel them? You know, <laughs> excuse me, it's, it's like I tell all my employees, I tell my commissioners, I tell anybody to listen, is just do your jobs. Just do your job. If people want to come into this country, there's a legal way for them to come into this country. If they come in here illegally, then we need to do our jobs, real plain and simple. Uh, You know, George Bush was not a friend of the border sheriffs. Uh, Obama was not a a friend of the border sheriffs. Trump was somewhat. I mean, I never sat down with him, but uh, there was no need. He was was letting law enforcement do their jobs, especially on the federal level. Uh, And then this guy that's in there today, I I have no idea. (laughs) But then again, I'm not alone. He doesn't have any idea either. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. Sheriff, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. We've been talking with Sheriff Arvin West from Hudspeth County, Texas, uh, over in West Texas, on the border. Sheriff, um, thank you very much for taking time, and uh, please tell your folks to to stay safe, to be safe, as, as safe as possible. Thank you very much, and thanks for putting the word out to the general public to the, the reality of the way life is today. You got it, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be checking up with you as, uh, as uh, this uh, situation unfolds even further. All righty? Andale, pues Dios que te bendiga. Gracias. Thank you. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Dot news. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got our good buddy, uh, Mr. D.A. King from uh, Georgia and uh, with the uh, Dustin Inman Society. And uh, I wanted to get, uh, I wanted to get uh, D.A. on because... Uh, he recently uh, wrote an article, an opinion piece, in Georgia regarding the 287G program, which is a program that uh, where sheriffs and local law enforcement uh, cooperate with um, immigration law enforcement uh, regarding criminal aliens. Well, since uh, apparently Georgia went blue, like it or not, uh, there are some folks who uh, are not uh, willing to cooperate with ICE right now. So, uh, DA, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Um, tell us about what's going on with this. Uh, tell us about your article and what's going on in in Georgia. Thank you very much, George. I'm 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 sad that it's happening, but I am happy to to 
read the word. Two eight seven G for people who may not know is is named after a code section of federal law. Two eight seven G was created in nineteen ninety six by Congress, signed into law by then President Bill Clinton. By the way, then Senator Joe Biden voted for it, and it's simply uh, a, a federal law that allows local law enforcement to partner with Immigration and Customs Enforcement and share in their their information databases and then a, a little bit of authority to begin paperwork on, on deportations. Mostly the tool is used in jails so that local law enforcement can inform ICE agents that there is an illegal alien in their jail and then hold them for 48 hours until the uh, ICE can come get them, sometimes longer. But it, it's a partnership, and it's voluntary. And here in Georgia, I personally have worked very hard since 2005, and we're very proud that we had, for example, a 287G agreement in my home county here in Cobb County, Metro Atlanta, since 2007. We also work very hard, and we're proud to have 287G across the metro area in another county called Gwinnett County uh, with the then Sheriff Butch Conway, who has since retired. My sheriff here in Cobb County was defeated for re-election after, I think, 16 years by a Democrat who ran on a promise to eliminate the 287G program in the county jail because he said that it was slanted towards people of color. And he considered it racist because it found too many people of color who were born nationals in the country illegally in his jail. Here in Cobb County, where I live, my own new sheriff, who will who, who, who be the existing sheriff, the interim sheriff, a man named Craig Owens, has also gotten rid of 287G, which was a campaign promise. He held a big press conference last week announcing the end of 287G. He, he held up the memorandum on paper. He held up the memo canceling 287G. Everybody in the room cheered because he invited a, a room full of anti-enforcement activists who are corporate funded. And when the event was near the end, a mariachi band started up and the sheriff danced in celebration. Oh my gosh. How ethnically pure. <laughs> Now, now, I have to say this, George. The the, the Hispanics on my board of advisors who support us, and and, and virtually, not virtually, literally every one of my Hispanic friends here are so insulted that they, they cannot even talk about it yet. I've asked them to write letters, and they say, no, I have to calm down a little bit before I even talk about this. So it, it, it was it was somehow racist because it happens that most people in the country illegally um, <laughs> come from uh, Hispanic uh, countries. Nobody can help that, but it's not racist to play a mariachi band celebrating the end of an enforcement program. It, it's, That's it's so ethnic. Man. That is so pandering. <laughs> just so people know, we have more illegal aliens than uh, live in Arizona, and we have more illegal aliens than green card holders. And people of every description, black, white, Latino, Asian, you know, I, I, don't, I wasn't taught to think like that, but in today's America, you have to say it. People of every description here in Georgia are crazy angry that this is happening because it's going to cost people their lives. It really is. I mean, it's, the, you know, the fact of the matter is that the third world, where most of these people want to come from, happens to be a... a, a, a uh, nations uh, filled with people of color, okay? So by definition, if these people are coming from those countries and entering illegally, of course you're going to pick up more people of color. But that doesn't negate the fact that they uh, broke the law to get into the United States. Well, and, it, it doesn't, but there, there's more to this story. I'll try to do it as quickly as possible. The, the sheriff in Gwinnett, a man named Kibo Taylor, who quit the 287G program, explained to an NPR interviewer that, again, that he didn't like the program because he thought it was racist, but he also wanted to go after, instead of going after illegal aliens, he wanted to go after gang members. Now, I checked on 
people of color, most of the gangs over there um, are going to end up, he's going to end up finding out that, in his words, they are people of color. But he made a comment to the NPR reporter that he understood that criminal gang members could come and cross borders from Atlanta into Gwinnett County. So he doesn't really care about um, crossing borders from one country to the other and coming into his county for illegal aliens, but he showed great concern for gang members coming from Atlanta into his county where he is now sheriff. That's outrageous, absolutely outrageous. So, uh, you know, um, there are other other communities like or other states, sheriffs in other states like in North Carolina, in Mecklenburg County, North Carolina, which is Charlotte, uh, and they echoed the same thing of uh, of these liberal sheriffs in in Georgia, where they are not going to cooperate with uh, with the uh, with ICE on the two eighty seven G program anymore. Do you think? I mean, uh, do you think that you're going to see a spike in uh, in in uh, crime uh, since they're not? Uh, I mean, since uh, ICE is releasing people, uh, they're not even holding them anymore. So, uh, do you think you're gonna you're gonna see a spike in in uh, uh, in crime? History, George, is, a, is an excellent view into the future. Um, here's an example: uh, uh, an illegal alien from El Salvador um, was convicted of being a gunman in an armed robbery in, in the Gwinnett County. He uh, was one of, I think, three people who robbed a check cashing store. A year earlier, the same guy had been released from the Gwinnett County Jail on a shoplifting charge because the shoplifting charge was only a minor crime. Um, There's another example in Cobb County here where I live. Um, An illegal alien was arrested for not having a driver's license, um, released because it was, you know, a minor crime. Well, two years later, he was convicted of aggravated child molestation and rape because he repeatedly was raping a 10-year-old girl. Neither one of those second crimes would have happened if the first time the illegal alien was uh, reported to ICE and and deported. And I I, I have to say this, George, I I was brought up that people's color, this didn't matter, and I'm extremely uncomfortable even repeating the nonsense about skin color from these alleged law enforcement officers. It's, It's not the way that we look at the world here, but apparently it is for these two sheriffs who are, can only be described anti-enforcement shows. It, it it really is. I mean, they look at the word. They're supposed to be anti-racist, yet they uh, they bring in racism uh, to uh, to combat racism. I I don't understand it. You know, it's like throwing car- kerosene or gasoline on a fire. Well, George, there's a, there's a there's a, a possible happy ending to this story because I've been involved in in state legislature in the in the Georgia Capitol since 2006. Actually, in that year, we we drafted a law, and the law says now, after being changed over the years and improved, but the law essentially says by state law that all jailers must check the immigration status of of non-citizens coming into their jail and then report the illegal aliens to Department of Homeland Security in Washington. That's a law that's been on the books in, in various forms. Um, since 2006, and in the final form that I just described, since 2011. The problem we have here is that it's not being enforced. So our, our project now is to educate these sheriffs that they may have gotten rid of 287G, but they still have to contend with the state law that says essentially they have to do the same thing that 287G required. You got it. Uh, incredible. Uh, so, DA, let me uh, conclude with this. What do wh- what do you recommend that the rest of us around the country need to do uh, in order to get our sheriffs to get on board and support uh, 287G? Well, uh, thank you for asking, George. But with the Biden regime in power in Washington, um, we we don't know. I have serious doubts that the feds are going to be allowed to take any more applications for 287G. You can certainly push it and ask your local sheriff if he's not a member of 287G and doesn't have an agreement, ask him why. But yet, first you have to make sure that they even honor detainers. A detainer request doesn't require 287G. And when the feds ask to hold somebody in the jail, if they're ever allowed to do that again, the sheriff should honor that request. Yep, that's true. 
Buddy, thank you very, very much. We've been talking with our good friend, uh, D.A. King, uh, from uh, all the way from Georgia. Uh, D.A., tell the folks how they can, where they can find you and uh, locate you and, um, and support you. Thank you, George. Um, again, people don't recognize Georgia as being a problem on illegal immigration. We have spent a lot of time and money for a new website, thedustininmansociety.org. Thedustininmansociety.org. The Dustin Inman Society on Facebook, and I have a Twitter feed at D A K D I S. I would be very grateful if people would just take a look and see that we do need help in Georgia, and it helps them understand what's going on in their own area of the country. You got it, buddy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, brought to you by BorderHawk.News. Thanks a lot for being with us, uh, DA. My pleasure, George. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you. 9.30 a.m. radio, and we've got our good friend, Mr. Chris Hayek, from uh, the uh, Immigration Reform Law Institute in Washington, D.C., and I wanted to get him on because, my friends, we've got, uh, as we all know, we're seeing so many changes coming right out of the uh, uh, the Oval Office, out of Biden's desk, uh, regarding uh, immigration, and uh, a lot of these changes... Uh, have us absolutely panicked, um, but uh, these uh, the the the, uh, the folks uh, at uh, the Immigration Reform Law Institute are actually fighting back, and uh, there may be a victory here that uh, I want to ask um, Chris about. Chris, welcome to the show. Tell us about this situation regarding sanctuary states, sanctuary cities. Tell us about that case. Well, in New Jersey, the. Uh uh, the Attorney General issued an order that local law enforcement are not supposed to cooperate with immigration, you know, federal immigration enforcement. And some counties in New Jersey, such as, uh, including Ocean County, New Jersey, sued, saying that this directive is unconstitutional. It's preempted by federal immigration law. You can't interfere with federal immigration law by issuing such an order. And now the case is on appeal before the Third Circuit in Philadelphia. And... Um, we filed a brief uh, showing that it's this policy is preempted. For one thing, it makes uh, it directs local law enforcement to commit the federal crime of harboring, because if ICE asks for information about when an illegal alien will be released from prison uh, under this law, under this uh, directive, the local law enforcement can't tell them. So they're concealing the uh, uh, whereabouts of an alien, and that's uh, against federal law. And um, and we argue that the Tenth Amendment doesn't protect New Jersey in issuing this order because they have no reserved power under the Tenth Amendment to uh, issue laws and policies in conflict with federal law. So we're hoping uh, that the Ninth Circuit, I mean the Third Circuit, sees that. And then, if they do, there will be a split between the Ninth and the Third Circuit about sanctuary cities, and, and uh, that will make it much more likely that it will go to the Supreme Court. Wow. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, let me make sure that, that we understand this, that this this has to do with uh, the state telling, um, better said, the governor, I guess, telling um, the, or the attorney general, whomever, telling the local law enforcement that they don't have to cooperate or that they should not cooperate, depending on how you uh, spin it, um, with the uh, immigration officials whenever they pick up uh, an illegal alien. Um, it, 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 we have seen some sheriffs uh, that got elected this past uh, November, uh, Democrat uh, sheriffs that have openly said that they're not going to honor the um, you know the the agreements anymore with INS. And uh, would would this uh, case affect them? Well, that's a separate matter. That's um. Uh as you know, uh, sheriffs can enter into what are called 287G agreements with uh, ICE, and they become deputized as federal uh, immigration uh, agents. And it's voluntary. You know, a, a sheriff can decide to enter into it or not. Um, so it's
it's a little different from this directive, which just tells people in New, uh, law enforcement in New Jersey that they can't cooperate. You know, advice calls and asks, hey, when is this uh, person going to be released? We, we'd like to come pick them up and deport them. They can't answer. They wow. can't tell them. I mean, and, and this could be somebody that, that got picked up like an MS-13 uh, gangster or something of the nature, correct? Oh, yes, it includes that. And, it, and it's... Uh, um, That's outrageous. It's, it's really unconscionable, and, and I, I don't understand why they issue such directives and have such policies, but it, it's also uh, unconstitutional, and we really want the Supreme Court to uh, look at that. Wow, that, that's a now. What about this situation recently, where the uh, where where Biden actually told uh, INS to release the detainees that they've got? Um, well, I believe a, a judge in Texas uh, asked the government to show how many they had released. Are, are you talking about the deportation? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, they, I don't know if that how much that involved release or not. Um, some of them probably aren't aren't in detention and uh and they'll just be here you know longer than they should be and uh because of this moratorium we we are looking at ways to challenge biden's actions uh that he's taken and uh we will do uh you know bring what lawsuits we we think will be effective in stopping it um but it's uh, you know it's a flurry of activity, uh, right right out of the gate, and um, it's it's uh, you know we're we're evaluating that we're evaluating the pause in the uh, uh, migrant protection protocols program, the wait in Mexico policy. Right, that's another one I was going to ask. Completely you. unlawful. I mean, it, 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 it you can't just stop uh, following a regulation. Uh, you have to follow the law. You know, the administration has to follow the law and regulation. Um, so, you know, much of what he's done appears unlawful. It's also unlawful just not to enforce the, the law. The, the president has a duty to take care, and the administration has a duty to take care of the laws that are faithfully executed. It doesn't sound like they're being faithfully executed if they're just uh, ignoring final orders of removal. It, it you know those of us like I said I, I told you earlier um, before the call those of us that live down here close to the border or on the border are extremely extremely concerned regarding the situation with this caravan coming and the perception because we've heard it over and over again on Spanish language radio and TV the perception that somehow the door is open now for everybody and anybody to come in. And, um, yeah, I mean, it seems like we've got to do some kind of, uh, you know, some type of legal action to stop this administration from from giving that perception. Right, and it's a a, uh, a crazy perception for for, for any administration to want to give, and he'll soon find that out. I mean, you'll have a completely overrun and overloaded system with more more and more coming uh, because they, they think the door's open. And uh, and it's uh, so we'll see if he actually ever you know does totally revoke the uh, MPP program, but he should be following it now. Wow! And continuing to enroll people in it, and he's not. So it, it's uh, that that was a good deterrent because uh, you know a lot of the asylum claims are meritless. They don't really want asylum hearings. So if you uh, have them wait in Mexico for their asylum hearings. A lot of them just disappear. You send them a notice of, of the hearing, and, and, they, and they don't show up. And who knows if they're even still waiting in Mexico? Right, right. You know, well, what was what we're seeing? We're seeing a tremendous increase in border crossings, uh, apprehensions, should I say? Uh, yeah. And and you know, for every apprehension that the, one apprehension that the border patrol uh, does, uh, maybe two or three that they don't. So that'll give you an idea of how many people are, are are getting through through the net, right? And it's um, we're looking at everything we can, and uh, we don't have the resources of uh, Trump's opponents in this area, the ACLU, and uh, hundreds of other groups that would just uh, have thousands of lawyers, uh, and they would. 
rushed to court to try to stop everything he did. Um, we're we're just one group, and maybe working with some other ones, but not there's not hundreds. They're they're not even ten. Uh, well, well, wh- why don't we take this point this time right now, and let people know how they can support. Uh, the uh, Immigration Reform Law Institute uh, so that they can protect us, <laughs> so that you guys can protect us. Tell them, tell them, about, more, tell them about how, how more, we can do. A lot more resources. Um, yes, our, our website is the best place to go. It's www.irli.org. Uh, um, that's early, R-I-L-I dot O-R-G. And, uh, you can find out what we're doing there and um, uh, ways you can help. Wow, excellent. And real quick, uh, as we close out here, uh, any other issues that you think uh, might be coming down the pike that you guys might be dealing with? Um, well, DACA is coming up. Uh, it looks like the district court in Texas is going to strike down DACA. Oh, wow. Yes. All right. Uh, so, uh, that will uh, change a lot of things. Well, and we'll, you know, Congress would have to react to that uh, if they could. The, those those um, uh, dreamer amnesties have uh, failed so far in Congress. Um, and we're also looking at uh, whether this mass amnesty bill Biden sent to Congress is is uh, going to. Uh, be enacted. It looks like it probably won't be. That yeah. there isn't enough support for that. And also, one thing we're uh, looking at is whether some of the uh, proclamations Trump issued, like the green card ban and the H one B ban, that uh, issued because of economic conditions following the COVID uh, pandemic, uh, are going to be rescinded. So far, they haven't been. Wow. Well, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. We've been uh, chatting with our good friend Chris Hayek from the Immigration Reform Law Institute. Chris, hang in there, and uh, we'll be chatting some more later on, I'm sure. Okay, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got our good buddy, uh, Mr. Tom Holman, uh, former ICE director under the uh, Trump administration. Uh, And uh, we uh, wanted to get him on here because uh, if anybody's an expert and has been on the front lines of what's happening with immigration, uh, it's Tom uh, he's in high demand now because, uh, well, everybody's, I mean, any, anybody that cares about the country is, is panicking about what everything the, uh, the administration, the Biden-Harris administration is doing. So, Tom, welcome to the show. Um, what are your thoughts and views on all the things that these folks are doing, uh, especially since there's a caravan approaching our, uh, our border? Well, what the Biden administration is doing is trying to tear down everything President Trump has done to secure our border and to force immigration law. And, and, you know, President Trump was very successful, right? Illegal immigration was down nearly 80%, depending on what month you look at, uh, from the high during the surge. And he did this on his own, right? He did it by having agreements with Mexico and Central America that no other president has ever even been able to achieve. He, he built in that wall. He has a remaining Mexico program. ICE was able to do their job. And I've said for a long time, uh, the new, no one's ever going to abolish ICE. It's, it's just, it's, that's a task too far. But what the Biden administration has done is they, they've, they've crippled ICE with, between funding 
You know, ICE lost over $300 million for detention funding, which means they now went from 52,000 beds to 31,000 detention beds. And on top of that, you got this new memorandum that came out from the acting secretary that was written by the White House that basically shuts ICE down. ICE is not allowed to pick up criminals from jails anymore unless they're convicted of an aggravated felony, which means most criminal aliens will walk out of the jail and back into our neighborhoods. They've also told them they're going to put a, a, a freeze on deportation for at least 100 days, which is a clear violation of the law, a clear violation of these officers' oath. When, 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 these, when we give them due process, illegal aliens due process in immigration courts, the federal courts, taxpayers pay a lot of money for that. And when a federal judge says, you must leave this country in order you removed, then you got the, the White House coming out of the policy, no, you're not going to remove anybody uh, except terrorists. You're asking ICE to ignore a judge's order uh, and not do their job. And if you and I ignore a judge's order, we go to jail. So this basically shuts down ICE operations. It's, it's a terrible uh, a terrible thing they did. It's going to result in more criminals being released to the street. So they're protecting criminal illegal aliens and not protecting the law-abiding taxpaying citizens of this country. Now, the Texas Attorney General filed suit. Uh, I'm, I'm assisting with that. And uh, they had a 14-day uh, stay on this so they can consider another hearing. So what your listeners need to do is get on the phone, call their congressional representatives, and, and, and demand that they do everything they can to fight to keep our borders secure and to let ICE do their job. And, and you know, it, it's like a multi-pronged attack on, uh, on immigration control and border security because you've, we've also had some uh, sheriffs uh, in certain uh, states, like in Georgia and in North Carolina, openly declare that they are not going to cooperate with ICE anymore uh, on the 287G program, which, uh, I mean, it, it, to me, the, all that doesn't is endanger people locally. Well, the sheriffs forgot who they are and who they represent, right? Yeah. So I've said many times, when a law enforcement officer or sheriff chooses to release a public safety threat back into the public rather than giving them over to ICE, he forgot the oath he took. His number one responsibility is to protect the citizens of his community. And you don't do that by releasing public safety threats back into the public. That's just dumb, right? So I've said many times, any sheriff that does that should take that badge off his chest and put it in a desk drawer because he stopped being a law enforcement officer and became a politician. They say they do protect the immigrant community so victim witnesses can come forward and trust the police. That is, that is, a, that is the biggest lie I've ever heard because ICE don't want to talk to the witness or victim. They have no concern. They're looking for the bad guy. They want access to the jail where the sheriff has already locked the guy in a jail cell because he's either a public safety threat or a flight risk. They chose to arrest that guy and put him in a jail cell. That's the person we want to talk to. So I'll argue against them. This doesn't protect witnesses and, 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 and victims of crime when you release a perpetrator back into the community where the victim and victim and, 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 and lives within the community. The victim witnesses live in that community. Do you, you think they want to see the bad guy back in their community? So this whole thing's a lie. And I've said it many times, if we can't get the bad guy in the jail, we're going into the community to find him. And we do that, we're probably going to find others. Wow. Others that weren't on our radar. How does that protect the immigrant community? And you release a public safety threat back in the immigrant community, you want to reoffend in that very community in which he lives, which means the immigrant community is at greater risk of more crime. How does that protect victims and witnesses? So the whole the whole false narrative that sanctuary cities are important to protect the immigrant community is nothing it's nothing but a false narrative. They're lying to their constituency, and the constituency needs to hold them accountable. That's right. That's right. Uh, on another point. Is uh, are, are we headed uh, to becoming the world's orphanage again as uh, all of these uh, unaccompanied minors continue to come across? Yes, and you can thank, you can thank the, the judge in Washington, D.C., the same judge that was attacking Michael Flynn, ruled that um, the, the, uh, the, the Title 42 COVID uh, uh, policy where we return people directly across the border because of the pandemic. He says you can do that, but you can't do that for um, UACs, unaccompanied children from Central America. Why? I don't know. But we're already taking a lot of UACs in the custody here in the United States. At least 15% of them have COVID, which is going to affect other kids in HHS custody, which you know, we're importing COVID on purpose. I mean, if you're a citizen of Mexico, we can turn you, a child from Mexico, we can turn you right, turn around right back to Mexico if you're not a victim of trafficking. There's a different set of rules for Central Americans. 
and this judge has played upon that. So, yeah, the, 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 the success President Trump has had is being chipped away every day. And we expect more executive actions this week that's going to open that border up. Wow. I, you know, it, it's one thing after another. It's one thing after another. I mean, it's a full-scale attack. Um, the release of the of the detainees uh, and and uh, the end of the stay in in uh, in, in Mexico policy uh, it, it's incredible. I mean, um, they had talked about abolishing ICE, and they seem to be moving certainly in in that direction. And as far as uh, border immigrant border uh, security, uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about this this situation since we're in Texas. Um, uh, I understand that you're working a little bit with the um, uh, with the with the AG, the Texas AG, on the uh, uh, lawsuit against the uh, Biden administration. Tell us a little bit about that, if you can. Well, look, you know, God bless Texas, right? I mean, uh, you got a governor there, an attorney general that believes in the rule of law. When they saw this memo come out saying ICE couldn't do what I just said, you know, they can't pick criminals up from jail, they can't deport criminals. Your, your Texas, your great Texas governor over there, and the attorney general says no. That is a clear violation of law. We we have a huge uh, area we, we share on the border. They, you know, they, they have more uh, border area than the other state. This is going to directly affect them because, again, not only is this going to endanger your communities in Texas when, when criminals get released from jails back in the community and ICE can't deport criminals that have a final order, that have significant criminal histories, that endangers the citizens of Texas. So, so you're, you're, you're governor and your attorney general stepping up to no, we're not going to allow you to put our citizens at greater risk of, of crime, greater risk of harm. So God bless them. And uh, there's other states here now are going to join that lawsuit. But Texas, again, once again, is, is led by example that no, we're not going to tolerate lawlessness, not only in this country, but specifically in the state of Texas. So they got a 14-day stay uh, from that order, and uh, they're going to continue fighting. And I'll continue to assist anybody I can, anytime I can, to make sure we, do, we we enforce the laws of this country. And again, Texas is head and shoulders above. They've done it many times before, and uh, they've been very successful. This one, we just continue to wish them success and hopefully get this whole thing squashed. Yeah, one of, I think one of the things that really uh, surprised Democrats a lot, not to mention the media, was the number of uh, Hispanics along the border that uh, voted for Trump. Uh, I think there was a great deal of anticipation that because of his strong stand on on immigration that somehow uh, all these uh, Americans of Mexican descent were somehow going to side with uh, the illegal aliens. But, uh, oh, excuse me for using that phrase. <laughs> but uh, uh, just out of, uh, you know, they, 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 they were shocked that there are so many people that... Um, that back Trump and want a strong border, and we, uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 it is, it was uh, evident in the in the election. Uh, in closing, real quick, buddy, um, what uh, what do you think uh, we need to do here in the grassroots? What do, what what needs to be done so that we can protect our border, so we can protect ourselves? We need to we need to hold our congressional representative response. We need to call them, we need to write letters, tell them to stand by the, the rule of law in this country. You need to be loud. Look, no other. You know, I, I've done interviews with Fox, uh, Fox, Fox News on this because you know I, I do my interviews with Fox. But you know, no other networks talking about CNN is talking about MSN. None of these other networks are talking about the damage that this immigration plan has. And and what's really sad is that the White House wrote this plan in a vacuum. No one from operation, no one from ICE was at that table. No one from CBP was at that table. So you got people who have know nothing about. Border security, nothing about border enforcement, nothing about the immigration laws of this country are writing policies to direct those that do know, those that are standing out of line, on how not to do their job. It's a travesty. You know, at least during the Obama administration, you know, when they, they were making all these changes, they brought me and the board to, to the table. We didn't like what we heard. But we heard and we planned accordingly so we, we weren't caught flat-footed and, 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 and didn't know what to do. This latest memo came out of the blind with no notice. Now the agencies have run around trying to figure out how they, how they implement this, how they make this work without putting the community at risk. So, once again, this, this new administration is out. They're out to undo everything President Trump has did. I think it's out of spite because there's no downside in securing this border. President Trump's been very successful. If they were smart, they'd build upon that success and secure that border. Then they can talk about amnesty. They can talk about immigration reform once they have a secure border. So they're doing it, they're doing it you know, butt-ass backwards.
It's like you're rowing a boat. You got to plug that hole rather than keep bailing water. Plug the hole first. That's what they need to do. So your listeners need to start raising a little hell and get loud. Uh, take a page out of their playbook they've been doing the last four years. We can't sit still and let this happen. You got it, buddy. We've been talking with uh, our, our good friend Tom Holman, former uh, ICE director and uh, now advocate for our border security. Tom, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. You got it. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. You got it. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, sponsored by BorderHawk.News. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that uh, this was an informative and uh, uh, interesting program for you. Uh, we've had we Our guests are fantastic. I really can't say enough good things about them. Please continue to support us. Join us uh, on, the, on this radio show, sponsored by BorderHawk.News, every Saturday at 2 o'clock Central. Uh, on KLUP 930 AM. Also, you can go to um, the El Conservador uh, Facebook page, MeWe page, uh, LinkedIn page, and uh, what else? Uh, Twitter and uh, all sorts of... Uh, just go to... Uh, just Google. Uh, uh, just search for El Conservador, George Rodriguez, and you'll find all sorts of websites that put, uh, we are involved with. In. And uh, please continue to support us, my friends. We need your help. We need to, to maintain a loud and conservative voice. Don't let us be silenced, my friends. Do not let us be silenced. I hope that you will continue to support us. Once again, thank you for being with us. George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer.